Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious and loving God, thank you for your restoration power. Whether we're college students trying to pull everything together for the end of the semester, whether we're a person who is still looking for a job after the storm, whether we are standing in the midst of mountains of paperwork that we don't understand from the insurance company. Lord, we call upon you that you would hear our prayer. Guide us, O great Jehovah, through this maze of newness. Keep us and cover us with a spirit of oneness and unity. Come, Holy Spirit, come, that you would give us the wisdom that is needed. I ask, Lord, that you move me behind the cross, that the words of my mouth may be sweet, sweet, spirited, to leave with your people a word of great grace. Thank you, Lord, for nurturing us through this day, this hour, this moment. Continue to allow us to receive your freedom each and every breath that we take, that we may call upon you and know that only your love sustains us, that we may be the servants and the people and the church you've called us to be this day. We ask all this in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. There's something about that name. There's something about claiming the name of Jesus. There's something about just saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If the truth be told, some of us have to call them. Because if we didn't call them, we jump right into self. The name of Jesus holds steadfast the blessings because with calling his name, mighty things can happen. Ushers, we thank you for your service. You may be seated. This is the beginning of a new year in the Christian calendar. Last year, our lectionary focused on many of the readings from Matthew. And this year, we're moving into a different gospel. The gospel of Mark will be our primary focus this year. Many have said Mark is the foundational scripture, the gospel where all the gospel was set from, the story that was the beginning of the stories told. But a lot of people say, I like Matthew. Other people say, I just love the way Luke says that verse. And some of us, as we've grown spiritually mature, we will even sit back and dig deep into the book of John as we celebrate our journey. But this year, we begin our Advent season. Our time of preparation, our time of praise and repentance with a story from Mark. For you see, a lot of things about our Christian journey involve waiting. Can you say waiting? waiting. 
And our waiting has been tested over the last few weeks. Some of us have had to wait very long for an inspector. Other of us have had to wait long to pick up children who said they didn't see the bus. Others of us have waited long in doctor's office because appointments have been rescheduled. Waiting is not a foreign thing in our spirit, but yet and still, it challenges us. I can't say that I ever understood what three and four miles an hour meant until I was evacuated and I had to learn to sit and wait. We couldn't run over one another, we couldn't drive any faster, and the roads could not suddenly be made bigger. For we had to learn to wait. Have you ever waited to a point where you just fell asleep? Something come over you in the car and you just say, and you just thank God because you didn't fall off of the road or the car didn't come slip from your control because you just said, ooh, was that a polymath behind the wheel of a car? I don't know about you, but the fact that he covers us from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet, even when we're in the places and doing things that we're supposed to do, but we fall asleep. We have to shake it off. We have to wake up. We have to begin understanding that part of the journey of waiting is staying awake. Students that may be in the back, you don't have to tell me how many times you fell asleep in church, how many times you fell asleep in class, because I've been 18. I've been 16. And I've been to the event that Friday and Saturday night, the football game, the homecoming, and Mama said, if you go to all of these things, you're going to still have to come to church. I don't care how you keep your eyes open, you can put a toothpick in it, it was open for the party, it'll be open for the praise. Keep awake. And you did not fall asleep or even have that little cool knob. <laughs> because inevitably it was somebody sitting close by that would tell your mama and then your mama would come. And see, I had a mama that didn't have that kind of attitude that church was this special place you couldn't snatch your children. <laughs> there was ground to be snatched in and this was a good place to nurture good behavior. So keeping awake wasn't an option in my church experience. I don't care if you had to pop your head all the way back. You better not swore, you better not blink, and you better not tell. Because if she had to touch you the other way, it was going to be a problem that day. So I invite you to think about what it means to wait and stay awake. For the Advent season ushers in a time of anticipation. For you see the coming of the King, the time of new beginnings, the time of new glory, the time of new miracles, the time just waiting for it to happen. Some of us are nervous. Some of us are excited. Some of us are overjoyed. And some of us are a bit anxious because of the unknown. When is Jesus coming back? 
And do you think we're waiting for him this year? I mean, I've read so many things. They said that all of the storms we had this year, the world is upside down. This may be the year he's coming. Then we got some people graduating from college and saying, now look, don't come this year, Jesus. I'm just getting ready to get my degree, move into the thing I've been studying. Now, if you come this year and you take away my student loans, that's one thing. But don't just come right now because I've been waiting for graduation. But somewhere between the excitement, some of us get paralyzed because we're afraid to wait in the same spot. You ever seen a person in the grocery store and they get in one line and they think the next line is moving faster so they jump over to that one? Yeah. And then the line starts moving back and they're trying to jump back over. I was in that spot. <laughs> That's an anxious spirit, not sure whether they're ever going to go forward and they struggle with how they wait. Or maybe it's the person in the left lane that's been driving slow and you're the one behind them saying, could you move? Could you move? Could you get out of this lane because this is the fast lane? Some of us don't understand that part of the smoothness of life comes because we know how to wait and stay awake. But you see, the first century Christians felt like Jesus was coming right now. So they didn't think they had to do and be all the church was called to be because they felt like the paragraph that says he's coming in this generation surely meant them. Well, I dug a little deep about that and I asked myself, what does that really say? God's timing and God's generational calendar isn't like ours. He's coming when he's going to come, and the business of him coming is about him. It's about what will be in place for the world that's needed at that time that he will designate when we come back. When he comes back, he will dictate the day, the hour, and the season, and the reason. But what has he called us to do? To be faithful? To wait? To watch, to be servants, to do his bidding, to be like the servants who were left at the house. For you see, the servants were left without the leader. The master left the house with instructions and simply said, I will be back. I don't know if he said it like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he said it in a way that says, you don't know when I'm coming back. I'm just going to tell you. I will be there. All right. <laughs> so when I'm gone, handle my business. If you're a singer, I need you to sing. If you're an usher, I need you to usher. If you grow plants, I need you to plant them, nurture them, grow them, and harvest them. But I don't need you to sit back and treat the kingdom like this is a moment with a substitute teacher. You ever watch those movies when mom and dad leave or the real teacher leaves and the kids turn around and say, Party time! We can hang now. The party is going to get good because the master's not here. The scripture says, Neither the day nor the hour will be determined. So 
if we had to say anything about this beginning of Advent, what this message is about is the reality that we need to be awake. So turn to your neighbor and say, are you woke? Are you woke for Jesus? Are you woke for Jesus? Because the real deal about waiting is being awake with a loving and caring spirit that only God can give us. I tell you again, some of us, the waiting has been challenged in this last six to eight weeks. I've never heard so many people say, I've got to go because I'm waiting on the inspector. I've got to go because the insurance man is coming. And then they say, you didn't come. And then after you wait for the insurance man, you wait for the lawn man. Then after you wait for the lawn man, you wait for the lady roofer. And then after you wait for the lady roofer, you wait for the carpenter. And then the floor people and the waiting. And you say, oh my God. And Jesus saying this waiting thing is tough. But what about the person who doesn't know to wait on Jesus? As a body of Christ, our ability to wait in a positive and blessed way helps them. Have we ever said, well, when they leave here, maybe they're coming to your house. Do we wait with a spirit of encouragement? Or do we wait like it's totally unpredictable? We don't know what's going to happen. And so instead of waiting with a positive spirit, we wait. Not in anticipation of great things, but we wait anguished. I'm not going to make another appointment with this insurance man. <laughs> Don't come soon. I'm calling the people in Austin. Or do we wait with a spirit that says, even though I know I had an option to call Austin, I'm going to call this man one more time. And you have to dig real deep down into your toes to get that super, really positive person on the phone. I, I, I was in uh, the tire place the other day, and I had to wait to get my tires rotated. I didn't know that many people's cars had broke down. And I figured I could go over there in the middle of the day and get my tires rotated and everything. And I just knew when he came and he said, it'll be just a few minutes. I said, let me go on and get something to eat. Because it's going to be more than a few minutes. And when I got back, they still weren't ready. But they said the inevitable thing. Well, you know, those tires are going bad. I had to talk to my spirit because I had to say, now look, I just got those when I came here. I had to wait on an answer from the Lord inside before I gave that man a piece of my mind. I said, somebody might be here that needs to know Jesus, and the fact that I might get his man into my mind won't be the right thing. So not only do we have to wait on the Lord, we have to express well while we wait. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You working it out, Jesus. You are all that, Jesus. Talk to me, Jesus. Oh, help me stand in the gap while I'm waiting on you, King Jesus. I mean, we just got to make it be about, Lord, you seem too good. You got to speak it into the Spirit to say, I'm awake with expectation. I'm awake with goodness. I'm awake because He's a Most High God. Wait on Him. But wait with an expectation that He's coming back again. Don't be sleeping on Jesus. Don't be falling to the wayside. 
Because when we fall asleep, we might miss the miracle. Have you ever supposed to wake up at a certain time, set the alarm clock, and instead of hitting the snooze control, you turn the whole clock off? <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're supposed to be somewhere, and you just vastly with yourself to get out the door. Our human condition says, I just needed five more minutes, Jesus. And we know we turned it off, and then we want to say the clock wasn't working. <laughs> Our spirit of preparedness says that we, instead of walking through the faithfulness, living out the way God is calling us, we simply say, can I just go to sleep for a minute? And he says, wake up. I need you to be watchful. A, I need you to accept my will. K, I need you to have knowledge of me. Know that I'm the son of God and the son of man. E, I need you to expect some miracles. Wake up. U stands for unlimited, ultimate, and P stands for praise that equals power. Wake up, he says. Be awake in my spirit. Know that I'm coming, but yet and still I need you to be watchful for me. How many parents have ever watched their children? Real close. And you watch through the slight opening in the door. And see what they do when you're not right there in their space. Some of them are just joyful, joyful, joyful. And other times they joyful plus some other joy. <laughs> you know when they say to their sister and brother, Mama left me in charge. <laughs> you better sit down. See, I was the youngest, and I got the sit-down speech all the time. I'm a tell if you don't sit down. I'm a tell if you touch that. I'm a tell, I'm a tell. Well, some of us live our lives, not necessarily in a watchful way, not necessarily in a wake-up way, but we sit back and we say, I don't know if Jesus is coming back. We better judge that situation because you know what? This is about judgment. Yes, it is. There's part of this passage about telling us that Jesus will judge when he returns. But the hour, he will decide when he will come back. The judgment and the separation, he will make those decisions. He's asking us to live ready. You might say, what does this mean to me, Lord? I'm already woke, I'm already here, I already know you, I'm already doing what you called me to do. So what's this about? It's about sharing it with others. It's about passing the torch to young people. It's about nurturing their spirit to know who God is. It's about encouraging them to not give up before the miracle happens. It's encouraging them to dig deep and say, even though you don't see it now, baby, I see a gift in you that's so great. You're going to be a magnificent medicine or, or, or nurse or doctor or lawyer, or you're going to be something greater than I can even imagine. God has put something in you. And I'm going to stay right here until it comes out. Yeah, I'm going to send you a care package. 
Because I know the last week of December and the last week, I should say the last week of November and the first two weeks, you almost got to lose your mind in college. Your last check came already. There's no work study check on December the 1st. It came. And you spent it trying to get home for the Bayou Classic. <laughs> that you told your mom and daddy you weren't coming to, but well, we just praying about that. <laughs> Send that jolly care package. With some oodles and noodles. A biscuit, a pencil, a prayer, something. They need it. Because they're on their last leg, trying to get through two weeks. And you say, baby, can't you come home? I'll set you a check. They don't have it no more. <laughs> they went out two weeks ago. At the end of midterms and homecoming, and they've really been great stewards, but they cannot stretch that $20 anymore. And so she said, wait on the Lord. Is the Lord in my mailbox? Come, Holy Spirit, come into my mailbox. Because I need a gift of care and concern. But sometimes it's not the money. Sometimes it's not the oodles and noodles. Sometimes it's just that Miss So-and-so from the Sunday school class remembered where I was, sent me a card and said, Baby, it's going to be all right. That's what it means to wait for Jesus and walk it out even though you can't see the light. There are students all over America that don't know they're going to graduate. Praying that something comes to their remembrance in them finals. Because that last paper makes no sense. They got to stay awake. We got to stay awake. Our faith is great, but we got to hold on to it because when you're sitting there and the cancer treatment is ringing down on you and somebody says, girl, what chemotherapy is all about? I can't even talk about it. When I talk to my mother and my mother sounds great one day and not great the other, I have to hold on to Jesus' hand. Because I know he's able. We've got to be grateful. We've got to be thankful. We've got to remain watchful. He's been too good to us. Wake up and don't miss Jesus. He's sitting right next to you. Wake up and don't miss Jesus. He's in the apartment across the street where the people's houses still have blue roofs and you know somebody living in there. Don't miss Jesus because he's still in the midst of us. Yes, he's coming again. But I stopped by today to remind us that we must watchful. We must be called as disciples who are watchful as we anticipate the knowledge growing, the expectations of the uttermost high praise to God as we invite others to come in and learn how to wait as we invite others to come in and stand by faith, as we invite others to walk this journey out, even though you don't know what's coming, going, the hour, nor the moment, you just say, I'm away on Jesus. But I close this with this. 
one of the commentary writers that I read this week, he said there's only one question that has to be focused on in this scripture. And that question is that the master will ask in the end is whether his servants have been faithful to their call as his disciples. Have you been faithful to the calling that God has on your life? Have you been faithful to serve the young people that God said you should serve? Have you been faithful to stand in places where other people say, I can't preach on the corner. I can't encourage somebody from the tree. I can't tell somebody what it's like to be. I've never been on the corner, but he sent you to the corner. And you won't go. So I say to you this morning, will you wait on the Lord? Or will you wait with your eyes open? Will you wait on the Lord and watch for his coming through things that he is changing and manifesting in this house? Or will you operate and live in your gifts in such a way that you are actively waiting? You know he's coming, but you live and prepare. You know he's coming, but you're full of grace. You know he's coming and he's moving in every aspect of your life. Wake up. Tomorrow's not promised. Today is a gift from God. Today is a new day of thanksgiving. And today, if you don't have a personal relationship yet with Jesus Christ, and you're seeking one, today's a new day. Start this journey this Christian year with your hand in God's hand. Start this day with his arms wrapped around you. Start this day anew. What is past is past. What is now is now. Step forth and wait on Jesus. But stay awake. You don't want to miss what God has for you. The doors of the church are open. Will you stand this morning and say,